ini waktunya siap-siap lagi. As the world embraces post-pandemic life, traveling is back in full swing. In Indonesia, an exciting genre of travel is on the rise. The community-based concept offers an immersive experience, taking its visitors to try the local way of life and blend in with the community. Kita sekarang sudah di nasi kapau Unica. Coba rendang. High on the priority is the call to advance the offering of Indonesia's community-based tourism through capacity building, product development, and marketing. Catalyst is collaborating with Traveloka, Southeast Asia's travel and lifestyle platform, to support its digital literacy program for tourism villages. Together with Australian TVET providers, a train-the-trainer program will assist qualified vocational trainers to deliver training to MSMEs around Indonesia. My name is Sondang Sirait and welcome to another video edition of the Catalyst podcast. As Indonesia reopens its international borders and relaxes COVID-19 restrictions on domestic travel, tourist traffic is on the rise. This opportunity is paving the way for unique cross-border partnerships between Indonesia's travel industry and Australian TVET providers. We have two guests. In this episode, we Listio Bulan, the Vice President of Public Policy and Government Affairs at Traveloka, and Noel Scott, tourism expert at the University of Sunshine Coast in Brisbane. Thank you for joining us on the Catalyst Podcast. Hi, Mawidia. Thank Hello. you so much for being here. Great to have you with us. Likewise. Thank you for having us. So, have you been traveling? Yes, actually I did. I just came back from Medan and Labuan Bajo. So, Traveloka was invited by the Ministry of uh, Tourism and Creative Economy to speak at the Women 20 as part of the, uh, the G20 side events. Uh, we worked with them as well as the Miss Universe of Indonesia. We spoke about SMEs and women role in tourism. And then we flew from Medan to Labuan Bajo. That's quite a fly, yeah. Quite my a fly, first, yes. Yeah, my first experience as well. And we work with the Ministry of ICT and then all the industry. So we have this industry task force to support the Ministry of ICT for the Digital Economic Working Group for G20, part of G20. I yeah. see. So people are mm. now traveling again. Mm. Tourism mm. is now rebounding. Mm. Mm. What does that mean for Traveloka as a lifestyle super uh, app? Uh. How are you identifying and adjusting mm. your strategy mm. as a company? Yes, you're right. Business has been great. We are very, very grateful and part of them is actually because of government support. 
because of the vaccination that government of Indonesia, especially Ministry of Health, did in the past. I think this past one year, one and a half years, we worked together with them as well as the Ministry of Tourism and Creative Economy to make sure that a lot of people get easy access to vaccination through our apps. So that actually built the confidence of people to travel. And we're happy to see that as well as another point, uh, people maybe because of, you know, after two years working from home, now the borders start to open and they start to, you know, to be aware that they need some, what people say right now, healing, which is traveling, right? And they're so, more confident. Yes, they're more confident. Booking flights and right, travel right, and all right. that. So we're, we're very grateful and happy. Yeah. <laughs> see. Sustainability mm. is mm. a key word mm. um, in the government's strategy mm. to mm. develop tourism mm. in Indonesia. Mm. Um, hence the drive to support mm. community-based mm. tourism. I understand that's also something Traveloka is engaged in. Tell right, us more. Right. Yes. So sustainability is very, very dear to us. It's very, very important. Referring back to your second question, actually, we saw a trend, a very unique trend during the pandemic. One of them is uh, people start to think that, you know, going outside, going to some new area, going to a more environment friendly area is their lifestyle now. So they like to travel and see places that actually focus on environment. That's why when we talk about sustainability, we make sure that we support the sustainable tourism uh, ecosystem. Now, Traveloka has been doing a lot of things in that, you know, in that forte. One of them is we plant mangrove in Bali and uh, Mandalika, around 50,000 uh, mangrove as part of the sustainable tourism. We also did a women literacy and we will you know, launch a, one of a very big project called digital literacy with the hope that more sustainable ecosystem will be uh, coming up after that. So. Mm -hmm. Also of particular interest is mm. this concept of Desa Wisata. Mm. If you could mm. elaborate on your mm. vision of Desa mm. Wisata mm. and, and how, how are you enhancing that offer? Right, right. Yes, thank you for asking that. Desa Wisata, I think the initiative coming from the Indonesian government, lots of um, multiple ministries work for that and we work with them as well. We talk to Ministry of ICT, Ministry of uh, Tourism and Creative Economy again and Part of them is to make sure that, again, there are more area for people to travel, more area for people to enjoy, and then it will align to economy of the people in Desa Wisata. So part of the initiative that we're going to do, again, is the digital literacy, because one of them, we believe that when Desa Wisata is prepped to be one of the tourist area, the, comp the core component is making sure that people understand about digital. Now, digital doesn't mean that, you know, turning on the phone or turning on the, the laptop only, but to understand about financial literacy and what's in it for them to make sure that their area can be known globally, not only in, in So it's a wholesome approach, really. Indeed, indeed, indeed. And I think the impact is not only in tourism sector, it's actually the economy, right? Because when people start to go digital, when this Wisata started to be known, Globally, people start to travel there. There are economic flow that will come there too, and we talk about the impact to women, the impact to education. So a lot of uh, you know spectrum. Part of the challenge with community-based tourism, mm -hmm. aside from inadequate infrastructure, mm -hmm. is low service quality. Mm -hmm. How are you working to address that, and mm -hmm. how can Australia help? You're right. Thank you for asking. Yes, when we talk about Desa Wisata, the new uh, tourism destination, we actually talk about community-based tourism, right? Because it, it runs in community. The, the actual initiative 
will be pushed by the, the community. And you're right, the, the homework is the service. Once Desa Wisata goes digital, there is a question whether they can maintain the service that meets the standard of the digital tourism. And one of the work that we are going to do is to ensure that there is a sustainability effort to do so. And, and that's what we are going to do with Catalyst because when we talk about digital literacy, it's not one share deal, we train and that's it. But actually there, there are stages in doing that. And I'm sure with this digital uh, training program, with the modular basis that we are going to do, people will understand that once they go digital, they have to maintain the quality of their services. Once you and go digital, there's no going back either. Exactly, right? that's true. And they will, they will keep learning through the, the initiative that Catalyst and Traveloka will do. So in addition to what we discussed, I think when we see Australia and Indonesia, you know, we are, we are quite close, right? Since way back then, lots of people from Australia travel to Indonesia and vice versa for education, for tourists and whatever. So I think having said that, there are a lot of room for, for, for Desa Wisata to work together with, with ecosystem in Australia because they will have benchmark on what kind of services that they would like to reach. And I think because of the, you know, the close proximity and the huge traveler in and out of the country, I would see that you know, the, the impact will be, will be received by community in Desa Wisata. Mawidia, thank you so much for being on the Catalyst Podcast. Thank you so much for having us again and looking forward to working together with you. To put in perspective just how community-based tourism works and how to better manage it, we are joined by Professor Noel Scott from the University of Sunshine Coast in Brisbane. Hi, Professor Noel. Thanks for joining the Catalyst Podcast. Thank you. Community-based tourism sounds like an ideal concept that promotes responsible traveling, but in reality, it's not always as simple as or as straightforward. What does it take to make community-based tourism work? Okay, well, thank you. Um, first of all, I, I want to make the point that there is a, there's certainly a market um, uh, interest by travelers in uh, authentic experiences where they meet local people and are engaged in the culture and heritage of the place. So these these sort of experiences can be as simple as a smile uh, from maybe from an older grandma in a village or something, but people can remember them forever. So community-based tourism really meets an important need. But from the from the point of view of the villagers, um, Community-based tourism provides an important source of, let's say, non-farm income. So uh, often villages um, are heavily involved in agriculture, for example, but tourism can increase or provide additional income, um, which can really help in terms of uh, the livelihoods of the people in each village. But it can also help through encouraging governments to provide additional infrastructure, uh, roads, water, electricity, and provide an avenue for different uh, people to meet from different countries. You know, so so there's lots of benefits, and that's why you might sort of say it's an ideal concept. But community-based tourism is also a business. It's something that people pay for. 
And therefore, if it is to be successful, then you have to sort of think about it and manage it as a business. And when you think about a village, um, if that is what people are visiting, then that's that's tricky because perhaps you need to organize the village to be a business, which it may not be. Um, the, the, the last point I'll make is that um, community-based tourism is it, it has many types of thing. So sometimes we think about uh, community-based tourism as going to a village and staying overnight. Perhaps that's the classic uh, way that people think about community-based tourism, but there's lots of different ways I like to think about it more perhaps as community benefit tourism. So where the community benefits from tourists, but it doesn't mean that uh, it has to be through staying overnight. It could be that you've got people in the village who are tour guides who can take people to visit their local environment. Um, it could be that uh, it, people are making souvenirs or cultural artifacts. Um, it could be that people in a village are providing food or uh, other services for tourists as they go by. So community-based tourists are, uh, is, a, is a very broad thing. Don't just think about it sort of narrowly. Um, but then the key things that you need to think about is you know, how it's going to be organized, um, uh, who's going to be in charge. And that can be a tricky issue sometimes. Uh, the location. So the more you are closer to a main town, the easier it's going to be for people to get there. If um, you're in a remote place, then it's going to be hard, perhaps. Uh, and then a th a thirdly, what's your unique point? So lots of things to think about. Mm. So we know that hospitality, infrastructure, accommodation, and a variety of attractions, these all make for a complete and developed tourism market. But in terms of skills, what kind of training would be useful and beneficial for those involved in community-based tourism in Indonesia? Yeah. So um, I, I've been to some villages and they haven't actually had much contact with travelers before. Uh, and and so one of the first things is to understand uh, and perhaps be confident that your village or the, the location has things which people would find interesting. It's interesting that, um, you know, um, often the things that villagers feel are important are often not so relevant to visitors, but some things that villagers um, undervalue are of great interest. So um, one of the things is to recognize your strengths and recognize the resources. Um, and then, but to then try and work out a way to uh, develop them as something that you can get some, you know, sell a, a ticket for or, and, and turning your unique resources into a tourism ticket is it can be a bit tricky and really needs you to think about a lot of operational issues um, pricing uh, 
how you're going to provide uh, the people to to provide these services on days when you might be farming or, or something. Um, how to communicate. So language skills are often extremely important. In Indonesia, there's been a, a through COVID-19, there's been a bit of a return, which I think is a good thing to Indonesians traveling within, within Indonesia. That's a really good trend rather than relying only on international visitors. And, but if you want international visitors, you've got that language problem. So you need those skills. Um, business skills in packaging, promoting a tour, managing the tour effectively, and so on. They're all important. And then these days, of course, uh, uh, you can't avoid digital skills. You know, you need to be able to use social marketing, uh, social media, all sorts of videos and imagery are useful. So lots of things to learn. But on the other hand, it can be very um, rewarding and and useful to develop tourism. Very insightful. Thanks so much for your time, Prof. Noel. Thank you. Well, that brings us to the end of this episode of the Catalyst Podcast. Thank you for watching. We hope you will join us again next time. Do check us out on social media and on our website. I'll see you in our next episode.